Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better-than-okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today we're going to talk about an important toolbox tool that most people overlook and underestimate. And that is curiosity. But before you turn off the episode and run away, hear me out. My definition of curiosity may not be what you're expecting. Also, it might not be clear to you yet how curiosity might be just the thing you need to turn your whole life around. And I know that sounds dramatic, but again, stay with me. The good news is that curiosity is a fundamental human trait, which means anybody can be curious. Humans naturally are characterized by a strong desire to explore to learn, to understand the world around us. And it is this inclination to ask questions, to find out things, to be open to new experiences and ideas that often drives our sense of wonder and the urge to explore the unknown, which is probably why I would put this technique somewhere in either pillar two because of its connection to mental health, mental stability, or pillar three, which is where your spirit lies, your creativity, your sense of expansiveness and connection to the universe. So one way or the other, it's going back and forth. I'll have to think more about which pillar I think it's most aligned with. And if you have no idea what I mean when I talk about the pillars of wellness, please go back to episode one and listen to the breakdown I have about the four pillars that need our equal attention if we're to be happy, healthy, and whole. But if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, I am not a curious person, Corey, I don't like new things. Everything freaks me out. (laughs) (laughs) To that, I will say, me too. For example, I went to Europe by myself a few years ago. I think it was 2014. And I was there for months. And eventually a friend did show up and she spent a week with me there. But she came like two or three weeks into my trip. So when I first got there, I was terrified and I was alone. And it took all of my concentration and focus to get to the apartment that I was renting in Paris. And I was so overwhelmed by the city and so nervous about going out and being alone in a big city that I did not leave that apartment for days. And finally, I broke down and went out only because I was so hungry. Like, I needed to eat something. I could not stay in that apartment anymore. I think the person who had rented it before me had left, like, I don't know, half a loaf of bread or something. and like, some jam or whatever. And when that was gone, I was like, I have to go out and feed myself. I can't just be hiding in this apartment trying to absorb the world through the window. <laughs> and work myself up to going out. I did eventually go out. I went to a shop. I got a bit of food and I spoke my first few lines of French and then I went rushing back to the apartment. And then the next day I went for a little longer of a walk, a little farther from the apartment until eventually like a weekend, I was walking 15 miles a day. I was exploring things. I didn't give a shit who talked to me. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to work up to that, right? I had to kind of take myself out of my comfort zone 
slowly bit by bit and I was still very nervous. I was still very scared when I was doing that. I think it was the first time I had ever really traveled internationally by myself. And so if you have had the curiosity conditioned out of you, which is very possible because life can be harsh, all I'm saying is that you can bring it back. You can cultivate it back step by step. You can bring the curiosity back into your mindset. It has always been yours and it doesn't matter who may have taught you otherwise. And here are some ways that you can cultivate that curiosity. And there is no travel to Europe or solo travel to remote places of the world required. And so I'm just going to kind of give you this idea of how to cultivate curiosity. And then I'm going to circle back to how it connects to mental health and how that sense of curiosity will help you. So cultivating curiosity. One way to do it is asking questions, always being inquisitive about the people around you, about the environment around you. Whenever you encounter something new or interesting, instead of maybe panicking about it, which is definitely my first instinct, instead you can ask questions about it. Be like, oh, well, why is it like this? Or how did this come to be? So just kind of piquing your interest in understanding more about it rather than freaking out and running away, (laughs) which is kind of my default when I'm encountering new things. You can maybe ask yourself, why does it work that way? What are the underlying principles or factors that make it work like this? Or why is this person like this? Or why do they do this? And so just kind of opening up your mind to the possibility that there might be a rhyme or a reason and something interesting about the situation. Another way that I've cultivated my curiosity, no surprise for an author with 30 books, is that I read a lot. So I read widely. I explore a lot of different diverse subjects and articles and blogs, things on the internet. Not all internet is news. You don't have to (laughs) drown yourself in the horrors of the day. And this exposure to different ideas, different perspectives can spark your curiosity, can get you kind of thinking about, huh, it's interesting that they do it like this. And also just kind of following whatever your interests are. So for example, maybe you really like pastries. I'm just throwing that out there because I just spoke about Paris. And so, of course, the first thing I think of are the boulangeries and the patisseries, which are full of these cream-filled cakes that are just amazing, right? And so maybe that's something that would interest you. And so you just start going down this rabbit hole of, well, how did they make them? And why do they make them that way instead of a different way? Like, why, what exactly makes it a French pastry? So on and so forth. And so you're sparking your interest in other aspects of the world and how people do things differently. And again, you don't have to go out if you're really someone who's struggling with maybe agoraphobia or social situations, which is some of us. Mine's gotten better recently, but there was definitely a time in my past where I really struggled with social situations. And so you can do this gradually step by step. You can explore things at a distance. (laughs) I guess we could call it at a distance. Online, books, TV shows, articles, YouTube videos, you know, you can do it without having to get out there and actually subject yourself to maybe experiences that might be too overwhelming at first. Too many new things at once. And again, I really love books, so definitely look at books if that's your jam as well. Also, trying to embrace new experiences, so stepping out of your comfort zone, trying new activities, visiting new places, engaging with people from different backgrounds. New experiences open up opportunities for learning and curiosity, but also just kind of shifts our daily view. And that can be a good thing because one of the reasons, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here because this is pretty much the entire second half of the show is which I'm going to talk about 
why this is so good for your mental health, but it changes your perspective of the world. So when we only experience one thing and we're only in one place, then we think that's how it will always be. There's nothing else available to us. We feel really stuck. We feel really overwhelmed and kind of, I mean, hopeless is probably the word for it. That's definitely how I was feeling like, oh, it's always going to be this way. It's always been this way. But if I go out there and I try new things and I do stuff I didn't expect to, it's not just that I'm cultivating joy and I'm maybe having a great time, which are wonderful benefits of this, but also I'm opening myself up to the possibility that there are other ways to do this. Like there are other ways to live. I don't have to live this way that's making me miserable. I can live a different way. And then trying to look for ways to bridge the gap between where I am and maybe where I could be that would make me happier. And when it comes to bridging that gap, it might also help you to seek out mentors, connecting with people who are knowledgeable or passionate about the things that interest you, because mentors can provide guidance, they can share insights, they can maybe help you figure out how to get from where you are to where you want to be. And it doesn't have to be mentors that you know in real time. So for example, I really like Pima Children, but she's never met me. She's probably never going to meet me. She just turned 87. She no offense, Pema, will probably be dead <laughs> before I ever meet her. But I learn a lot by listening to her. I learn a lot by reading her books and by listening to her talks. And the same thing is for maybe authors I like, whose careers I like. I can see what they've done. I can watch videos about their writing process or listen to them give interviews. You don't have to know the person to be mentored by them. You know, you can be informally mentored by people just by watching them, by listening to them and kind of look at how they did it. So if there's someone who has the kind of life that you really think, oh, I would love to have that kind of life, get curious about what they did. What did their path look like? Like maybe things that you could try that could kind of bridge the gap between where you are and where they are. So again, just kind of being curious about people who have different experiences, different lives, and maybe how you yourself might be able to shift your experience as well. This does require that you be a good listener. So paying attention to what others have to say, actively listening to their stories, their experiences, engaging with other people's knowledge. All of this also triggers your curiosity because it leads you to want to explore the situation more, to explore their experiences more. It opens you up to the idea of, oh, well, they were able to do that. Maybe I could do something like that. Or maybe I could have an experience like that, which can be really helpful. And again, you don't have to go out and do it all on a real-time in-person basis if that freaks you out. <laughs> I just want to be mindful that we're all starting in different places and I don't want anyone to be discouraged if they right now do not feel at all curious. They do not feel like getting out into the world. They would rather just be a slug at home in their safe space because I have absolutely been there. I've talked about it before about how at the height of my depression all I could do was lay in a heap on my couch all day, every day for hours and hours. So I would get up in the morning and I would maybe make it to one of my classes if I made it to my class that day. And then when I got back to my apartment, I would just lie down on the couch and I wouldn't do anything for the rest of the night. And this was before smartphones. So again, I wasn't even looking at like the phone or something to distract me. I was literally just lying there looking at the ceiling. As the sun went down, the room would get dark, I wouldn't get up and turn on the light, I would just lay there all night, and then the next day, I would get up and go to class again. So it was like the opposite of, I want to get out there and explore the world, like I was barely surviving. 
So I just want to be mindful of this idea of if you're somewhere right now where it's like you're not rushing out there to have curious experiences in the world. I still want to open you up to the idea that there are things that you could do now. So for example, if you can't go out into the world yet, you can still watch a documentary or you can still watch an educational video on YouTube. You can you know, watch a show about travel or you can see things that people have done on YouTube, you know, documentaries, educational videos that provide insights into these different subjects that maybe you're interested in or these different places that you're interested in. Or maybe if you're really into food, you can watch different food shows, about kind of foods they have around the world, that kind of stuff. And anything to just kind of open you up to there are other things out there happening than just the BS that you're dealing with every day. <laughs> I think that's really important, this idea of experimenting and exploring. And yes, we can do it in real time, hands-on activities, we can get hobbies, we can be a tourist in our own town, we could do cooking experiments in our kitchens, or we can do DIY projects, or you can learn an instrument or study languages like I like to do. All of these things are possible, but also if you're not ready for that, just know that there are other ways for you to ease into this kind of reawakening and reconnecting with your curiosity. You could also keep a curiosity journal, so maintaining a journal in which you write down questions or ideas or topics that pique your interest. And this can be useful just because, A, I know you're probably looking for journal techniques because I keep telling you, journal, 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 and then I don't tell you what to put in it. <laughs> so you're probably like, what can I even journal about, Corey? Thanks for nothing. Here's one. You could open up your journal and write down things that you would love to know more about. And it also kind of gives yourself permission to look things up because you're like, I wrote it down. I got to do it. Like, this is my research list. So you give yourself permission to check out the things you want to check out, to learn more, to kind of play. It's also very connected to play, which is also very helpful for our mental health. And then most importantly, just staying curious about yourself. So reflecting on your own interests, reflecting on your own strengths, your weaknesses, being curious about yourself, about your past, who you are now, why you are the way you are now. Just discovering these things about yourself and don't assume that you know everything there is to know about yourself. It might really surprise you. You might try something new and realize you're actually pretty good at it naturally and you're like, hey, I didn't know that about myself. Or you try something new and you're terrible at it, which is often the case for me. <laughs> But you're like, but actually, I really liked that. I really had fun and I want to keep doing it. So just also being curious about yourself and about the things you don't know about you. Let yourself surprise yourself. So I guess in short, what I'm advocating for here is an open mind. When our minds are closed, not only do we not have access to solutions, but our world is also very small. I feel my most miserable when my world is small, when it feels like I'm shoved into a shoebox and I'm trying to figure out how to navigate in this space that is just does not have enough room for me. The pressure just feels very intensified in every event and inconvenience in my life just feels way bigger than it really is. And so I find it useful to look out at the world whenever I can to see how other people are doing different things, how they're living different lives. They are experiencing a reality similar to mine, but they have different techniques and different perspectives than I do. And I don't mean, again, about getting exotic here, doing whatever you want to do in your own small town, something you never thought you might do. For example, uh, ride a donkey. I don't know where I got that. <laughs> I guess I think it was because I was reading an article about people who use donkeys to go into the Grand Canyon earlier. But anyway. So ride a donkey. You could do that if you've never done that before. Check out a new restaurant or a new type of cuisine that you've never tried. Maybe you've never had Ethiopian food. It's delicious, by the way. You can check it out. 
that kind of thing. And I know you might be thinking that, why does this even matter? Why is Corey telling me to do new things? Why does she care if we're curious about the world? And again, I want to open up your mind to this idea that you will see more options available to you everywhere if you have more varied experiences. I'm telling you, I am my most miserable when I feel stuck, when I feel like nothing is ever going to change and it's going to be the same forever and ever. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. It's a very common human experience. And I know people can also do really dramatic things when it comes to trying to escape that feeling. For example, I just recently rewatched the movie Under the Tuscan Sun with Diane Lane. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this. I think it was from like 2002 or something. It's nothing like the book, by the way, if you're a stickler for that kind of thing. But if you haven't seen it, it's basically a woman who lives in San Francisco. She's a writer and she finds out her husband's cheating on her. She gets divorced and she, on a whim, goes to Italy and buys a villa there because she's like, I cannot go back to San Francisco. I can't go back to that life. And so that's a dramatic example of how we could shake up our lives by trying new things, how she as a character kind of demonstrated this fact that sometimes we just outgrow the lives that we have, and that's why we feel stuck and miserable. And for her, for Diane Lane's character, Francesca is her name, she bought a villa in Tuscany, and she starts learning Italian and learning how to cook, and she makes friends and gets her a sexy groove back, that kind of thing. <laughs> but again, we do not have to be that dramatic in our daily lives. I mean, if you want to be that dramatic and you have the means to, why not go buy a villa in Tuscany if that's going to change everything for you? But I'm just saying by doing different things, by opening yourself up to other possibilities, it can help us with that feeling of stuckness and it can help us feel like our lives aren't so small and that we do in fact have options and we can do the things that we want with our life. I guess it's really about creating this narrative that tells me my life belongs to me. My life is mine, and I'm allowed to do what I want with my life. And there are so many times when it doesn't feel like that, right? Maybe we're really busy with work, or maybe we're really busy with the 5,000 responsibilities that are on our plate at any given time, and it just feels like our lives don't belong to us. Like, we can't do the things that we care about. We can't do the things that spark joy and create excitement and make life feel like it's worth living. And so by cultivating curiosity, it's like we're helping to not only open up our mind to more possibilities, which will make us feel less stuck, but it's also like we're giving ourselves permission to enjoy our lives, to, to be curious about this weird place. We are on a rock that is hurling through space. That is super weird. I mean, it feels very random in a universe where there's like a bajillion planets and a bajillion stars, right? And there's no way to quantify all that. And that feels very random. And so it's like, I should be able to do whatever I want to do with this life because it feels like a once in a millennial, not even millennial, however long the space of time is, it's a once in a bajillion years opportunity to do something new, to do something exciting before I cease to exist kind of thing. And so... Curiosity does a lot of things for us. It not only opens our minds and gives us options, but it also just gives us permission to live our lives in a way that will make us happier. That said, <laughs> it's not that there's a but coming, but I just one thing I'd like to point out is that sometimes trying new things, shaking up our lives, it can feel really hard. And it doesn't mean that you're on the wrong track. It doesn't mean that you're making mistakes. It just means that sometimes we try stuff and it doesn't work out and that can be discouraging. 
which is why curiosity is especially useful when we pair it with a growth mindset. So if you've never heard of the term growth mindset, but a growth mindset is basically a concept that was introduced by Carol Dweck, I think is how you say her name. She's a psychologist. And it refers to the belief that our abilities, our intelligence, our talents are not fixed. They can be changed. They can be altered over time. We can learn different things. We can make different efforts. We can dedicate ourselves to whatever we're interested in. And people that have growth mindsets, they have certain characteristics. So for example, they're able to embrace challenge. They're able to see failure as an opportunity for learning and for improving. And they find it very motivating to put the effort into the things that they want to do to develop their interest or their skills or to try new things wherever they want to invest this energy. And also someone with a growth mindset, because they view challenges and failures as opportunities, they are usually able to achieve higher levels of success because they learn more, they persevere more, they have more resilience. But the place where I do think growth mindset and curiosity intersect really well is in resilience. So we do know from the data that resilient people are happier. They do bounce back better when they have to deal with life's challenges. And if they have this attitude of, I wonder what's going to happen next, rather than assuming the worst, having this eyes wide open kind of attention span having a curiosity going into a situation, then if something does go wrong, instead of becoming discouraged or falling into a pit of despair, which is usually what happens to me, (laughs) if I try something and it doesn't work out the way I want to, I'm usually the first to fall into a pit of despair. But instead of doing that, instead of saying, oh, I suck, I'm a failure, instead of adding negativity to the situation, I'm more likely to accept the results and to move past that. And that's basically resilience. So curiosity in the sense that I wonder what's going to happen. And then whatever does happen, even if it isn't awesome for one reason or another, then the thoughts are, well, it doesn't really matter because I'm learning, I'm moving forward, I now have better understanding of the situation, and I'm just going to see what might be different next time. That is the sweet spot. So that's the sweet spot where a growth mindset, that kind of brushing off setbacks, and curiosity, which gets you into trying the new things in the first place, those two combined chef's kiss. It's really good for the mental health. It makes sure that we have really strong and balanced minds, really strong balanced perspectives. We just feel very impervious to these kind of setbacks and hits that everyone takes in life from time to time. And that's why I think it's the most overlooked tool, mental health toolbox tool, because curiosity can keep the mind open. It can keep the mind hopeful and looking for possibilities. And that just does so much for shifting energy. If I'm in a really bad mood and my energy is just dark and broody all around, I can almost always shift that by getting curious about something, even the tiniest things. Again, does not have to be huge. Why did that flower grow here? Why does it lean to the right like that? How many petals does it have? Why does it have that many petals? Who was the first person to name a flower? Why were they the first person? Are we sure they're the first person? Why did they get that honor? And so the mind just kind of goes off to looking at these other interesting and curious and joyful moments rather than fixating on the darkness or on the disappointment. And before I know it, I'm not having an existential crisis anymore. I'm out here trying to find answers about why these flowers are growing in my yard and so on and so forth. And being able to shift your energy like that, it just makes life much softer, gentler, and a much more workable place to be. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found this episode useful. 
and that you feel inspired to get more curious about your life and your experiences and the ways that you can not only shift your energy and open your mind, but also giving yourself permission to do more of the things that spark joy and excitement in your life. And if you have something you want to ask me, you can write into the show. And I don't care if you contact me through social media or through my email. Either way, I'd be happy to hear from you. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.